baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. America. I am not a number. I am a free man. Wiggins America. The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee. Wiggins. Today's global economy waits for no man. America. Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play. There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this goes. Welcome to Wiggins America. that you would be that hyped listening to Wiggins America coming into the show this morning. I mean, it's early. So thank you so much for uh, being so awake. By the way, yeah, that song has lyrics. They're some of the worst lyrics of all time. Always play the version without lyrics, Ryan. Uh, Yeah, I'm praising myself because I'm saying thank you to me who's playing that music. Good morning and welcome to Wiggins America. Huge show, so I figured we started with something really big and then I would act honored by the fact that I was playing something really big as if I didn't control it. Uh, Here's the deal. In the next segment, we've got Jean Helsing. She's from the Living Well Foundation. We are going to talk about real, real science. Yeah, we're through COVID. We are. Close the book on it. It's in the past. But let's talk about what actually worked the real science, not the political science. Let's talk about mask efficacy. Let's talk about, well, we're going to talk about Ukraine too. We're going to actually do that here in just a second. But Gene is coming up in the next segment. I want you to stick around for that. I think that there's a lot to be said about uh, people who are apolitical just saying, look, here's how stupid everything was. And also, here's what worked. So we can know that for next time. Hopefully there is not a next time in our lifetime. Also coming up on this show, we've got a guy named Devlin Steele. He is a financial analyst. He works for a precious metals company. His entire job is to predict the cost of commodities. So I figured let's get an expert on the show to actually talk about the price of gas, what it's going to be soon, or at least what the, the people who are spending a ton of money are predicting it will be. Because it doesn't mean that they'll be right. But the fact that they've got so much skin in the game means that they probably are going to give us a pretty good idea. That's coming up at the end of the next hour, so at the very end of the show. But between now and then, a couple thoughts. Uh, We're going to have the whole cast in here next segment, or sorry, the segment after that for a couple. So like I said, very, very full show. We're going to do some goofy stuff. I'd tell you what it was right now, except I'm actually going to spring it on the cast themselves at the very, very end of this hour. So if I said it now, they'd hear And it wouldn't be a surprise, so I can't tell you about that one. But I can tell you when it is, and that's at the very end of this hour. Um, Ukraine. 
I know that at this point we're all inundated with it. It's the only thing going on. It's affecting everything and probably beyond what it should be. I mean, we, we're making this into a – does it feel at times like we're trying for World War III? What are we willing to sacrifice for it? I mean, that's that's definitely a discussion that we should have. I will say this. The one error <laughs> – I say one error as if there's just one. Uh, we're right right now, actually, at about 15 days to slow the spread on the Ukraine, aren't we? So this is about where it starts to turn into, okay, now that we've got you all, we're all in this together, right? Everybody's on the boat. Everybody's in. Now that we're all in, now let's drive the boat off a waterfall because that's where it started to turn into, well, now that, uh, you know, everybody's willing to sacrifice for COVID, now let's take this somewhere terrible and shut down the economy forever and many other things and force things, take away civil liberties and things like that. So that's my fear is that that's where we're at with Ukraine is that we're 15 days into this thing. There is a lot of commonality. We all are opposed to Putin invading Ukraine. Nobody wants to see a sovereign nation invaded, no matter who it is, whether it's Vladimir Putin or if it's Xi or anybody else. Nobody wants to see that. Everybody thinks it's wrong. Everybody's condemning it. Okay, so now that you're all condemning it, now that we're all on the same page, well, now how do we use this to uh, accomplish some other goals? That's my fear. So I wrote a piece about that, actually, about how they're taking away the assets of Russian oligarchs, and that's one of those things, again, that most of us would go, well, you got to pressure Putin somehow. The reason we're all okay with it is because they're not good people. These are not people that you're like, yeah, I'm with the Russian oligarchs. So everybody's cool with it. But what happens when it just becomes your own citizenry protesting a vaccine mandate? Well, then they start taking away their assets and freezing their money and the ability to do anything like they did in Canada. And it becomes a problem. So that's my concern, combined with the fact that we are pushing Russia, absolutely are, pushing them into a recession. And that's by design. That's to put pressure on them. And that is to end the war. However, it also pushes Russia to become more intertwined financially with China. And you create a new axis of evil financially. And here's the big scare. Here's my big, this is my one. I said, oh, there's just one thing. This is that one thing that I said that I'm really afraid of beyond the current moment. That in the next, we'll say, three, four, five years, if you start to create two economies and China's is big. It's not as big as ours and Russia is a big country, but their, their economy is not that big. I mean, it's big, but it's not China's, but these are two, two pretty big economies. You start to have them not dependent on the dollar anymore because the dollar is the reserve currency. Then all of a sudden we can't get away with the way we do politics here. Now, maybe that ends up being a good thing if we learn our lesson, but I think, you know, we're not going to learn our lesson. We're just going to keep printing money. If we keep printing money at that rate and we're not the reserve currency, the way of life that we have all known for a long time, it goes away. And that, that is what scares me. Wow, that's amazing. Wiggins, America. That is amazing. Now, let's flip that over and look at the positive side of things because maybe we can learn our lesson. Here are a whole bunch of uh, stats that say that we are. The title of this article that I I thought was really fascinating. 
demographics are not destiny. Talked about this a little bit this week on the radio, actually. It says the emerging multi-ethnic right is very, very uh, diverse. It, by definition, it's multi-ethnic. That's diverse. Um, America is becoming less white. Democrats figured, well, we don't really have to do anything because we own the minority vote. So as America becomes less white, we just win by default. Well, here's the facts. These are stats from many, many different sources that are pulled all into this article, which I found to be very, very fascinating. And the movement of the electorate is, uh, is not something we've seen yet because 2020, as we all know, was very, very unusual. And therefore, a lot of the things that apply to elections were thrown out the window in that election. But here's the facts. According to the Washington Post, Donald Trump was, quote-unquote, the most racist president in modern history, but he did better among Hispanics, Asians, and black voters in 2020 than he did even in 2016. Let's dive into that a little bit more. December 2021, Wall Street Journal poll. You've probably seen this one. They, they, this one's been on Fox News and stuff. It said that Hispanic voters are now evenly split between Republicans and Democrats. Can you believe that? Hispanic voters are evenly split between Republicans and Democrats. That's after very, very strict border policies for four years under Donald Trump and very, very loose border policies bordering on, no pun intended, bordering on non-existent from the current president. He's losing, Biden is, Democrats are losing the Hispanic vote. And I mean fast. And Trump, Republicans, are gaining it. <clears throat> now, there is a difference between Trump, as, a, as, as polling goes, Trump and Republicans. And let's get into that a little bit here with Asian voters. It says in 2020, Donald Trump gained seven percentage points with Asian voters. That's, <laughs> that's pretty big. But consider this. Asian voters view Republicans in Congress more favorably than they view Donald Trump. So you could see an even bigger swing, according to that poll, when you have only Republicans on the ballot rather than just Donald Trump. One last thought before we get to Gene Helsing here in just a minute. It says that uh, that Wall Street Journal poll that was talking about Hispanic voters evenly split, Republicans and Democrats. If just that ends up being true, this writer says that it is a quote unquote extinction level event for Democrats. And he cites Virginia, where Republican Glenn Youngkin won the governorship with 55% of the Hispanic vote. No kidding. That was a very, very close election. He only ended up winning by two, maybe three at the most percentage points in Virginia. 55% of the Hispanic vote voted for the Republican in that race. You get just a tiny movement of any of these groups toward Republicans, and it is over. And if it holds... It's going to be long-term trouble for Democrats. Stick around. More Wiggins America coming up. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. 
Well, for two years, we talked about nothing but COVID. COVID, 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 for two years, and then all of a sudden, oh, what's else? What else is going on? And apparently it's a war, and now everybody's focused on that, and everybody's forgotten about COVID, and we're all over it, I guess, because the numbers are getting better, but is that it? I don't know. A gene... Helsing is here, and she is a nurse for life. She just told me. I, I asked, what's your latest gig? She said, well, you never stop nursing. Um, so I'll let her explain what the Living Well Foundation does here in a minute. But what's the COVID situation right now? Can you give us kind of a broad overview of what you're seeing as a nurse? I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that now the news has focused elsewhere. You know, thank goodness Omicron, I think, was a blessing. It came. It was not as deadly. And although there was damage done by it, most people fared very well. And cases are going down and life is better. And now no one wears masks and we think that it's over. My fear is what happens when the next pandemic comes. And I hope that we've learned a lot from this pandemic because the biggest thing that I saw is that we as a national status, where was public health with their public service announcements telling us what we could do to keep ourselves safe? And I'm proud of Living Well Foundation is our nonprofit um, because we were one of the first that came out with a COVID video series that said, this is like those horror movies. I don't want to get that contagion. Mm -hmm. So let's figure out how do we keep ourselves and our families safe. And so we like that. And we talked about how do you talk about that with kids. So as you can tell, my focus is kids. Mm -hmm. um, But along with kids, see, I'm a sneaky nurse. Because if you fix a child, the family fixes itself because parents will move mountains to keep their child happy and healthy and hopeful. And that's what we've seen. That's a fact. 19 years ago, actually, I guess 20 years ago now, I had a nice gig at Washington University Medical Center. And what I saw when I would go to Children's Hospital and all my students were there and they thought it would be exciting and fun because kids were there. And what I saw was a horror story beginning. And that was that kids were walking in the door with diseases that didn't exist in kids when I was in nursing school. And I really wasn't that old back then. Mm-hmm. But what you saw was type 2 diabetes. What in the world is that? Well, that was called adult-onset diabetes, but when a kid is 10 and has adult-onset diabetes, I don't know about you, but a 10-year-old is not an adult. So we changed the name. Yeah, what year would you say that started to happen? They started to shift the expectations, especially for kids with something like type 2 diabetes. It really was right at the 2000 mark when you started seeing those changes. And what we knew back then was that it was lifestyle-related, and we started a summer camp for kids called Camp Jumpstart. And Camp Jumpstart was just going to be a summer gig. I was going to retire to the beaches of Florida. My husband and I had planned for this for years. We were early retiring. And then I came home and said, honey, give me all your money. I got an idea. Nobody (laughs) else is doing it. And I think it really could make a difference for kids. And that's what we we started. And then that morphed into something bigger that was Living Well Foundation, the nonprofit, that then we also did some treatments for adults. Because of COVID, we've backed off of the adult portion and really centered back on kids. Because you have a chance to change the whole life trajectory of a child. Adults, they're a little bit more stuck in their ways, and they're a little bit harder, and our bodies are not so forgiving as we get older. So let me ask you a little bit, because I I was introduced to you a couple weeks ago by a mutual friend, and it's funny because I was having dinner with those people who know you, and they said, now when you meet Gene, 
Um, just to let you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, so if I get it wrong, <laughs> I'm a little nervous. Just, just, just bear with me. But they said, now, Jean, you know, she's a nurse, so she's really strict about the COVID stuff. And we were doing this event for Living Well, and I was helping host the trivia night, and it was very successful. Glad to hear that. Um, but you are not at all what I th- thought in my head you were going to be. Because when <laughs> just when they said, you know, she's going to be very strict on COVID, well, I painted an entire picture of who you would be based on that. But you really exist kind of outside the system. You were in the system. Uh, and you're not necessarily saying that all parts of the system are bad, but you have decided to chart a completely different path. And you did that pre-COVID. You know, COVID has made everybody aware of the sort of, I would call it the medical industrial complex or something like that. But you were doing this before COVID. So what have you done? Like, You just explained what your organization does living well. Has it been a fight and has that fight gotten harder in the last couple of years to exist outside of the system? Honestly, I'm hoping that it's gotten better. It's never been easy. Won't lie about that, Ryan. You know, when I started 20 years, I had been in the system and I had worked at most hospitals throughout the area and we were teaching people how to live with disease Oh, you poor thing. You got bad genes. Oh, you poor thing. It's just bad fate. Oh, my goodness. Nothing you can do. And it was right around the 2000 mark, I started to realize that wasn't completely true. And that many of the things, the chronic diseases that were really, you know, if you are in a car accident and you have a leg amputated, we're really good with emergency medicine. Mm -hmm. We're not so great with chronic illness. But individuals can be great with chronic illness because the things that we do really do matter. And baby steps make a huge difference. Well, why, Gene, do, why do you think that is? Because it seems to me like what you're hitting on is something that we've been noticing a lot in the last couple of years is there's a lot of money behind, I don't want to say keeping people sick, but certainly not treating the underlying causes and treating the symptoms instead of the causes. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Have we not learned that through COVID? Money, follow the money. And yet I look at healthcare differently. So 20 years of at the bedside teaching you how to live with disease, I found a way for the next 20 years to teach people how to not get the disease or hopefully make the disease better. And that's what we saw with kids. And truly it was just going to be a summer gig. But that first summer in 2003-ish, we had a nurse from Chicago, and I speak to parents for a good hour about their child, what's going on with them, is what we have to offer going to help them. So it really is intense. And this woman tells me she's a nurse, so we talk all that sisterhood stuff, and she brings her child. At that point, we were renting a camp in southern Illinois, and that child, she came in and dropped a bag of medicine on my desk And I said, whoa, 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 I know what this is for. You never once mentioned that your child was a diabetic. And here we are down here. I'm messing with their food. I'm increasing activity. All the things that you have to be so careful with. And, oh, by the way, we're in the middle of 10,000 acres of forest and healthcare is an hour away. Not to mention that at that point I was the only one over the age of 23 that was on site and the only medical person. And I said, I can't take your child. This is too dangerous. I can't do this. This woman started to cry, and she said, Jean, you and I both know where this is going to lead. 
just for hemodialysis, if he ends up with kidney complications, that's $100,000. I'm going to have to come up with $75,000 a year. I don't make that as a nurse. And I said, you're right. And she said, I will sign anything. Even if you kill him while he's here, I won't sue you. And I thought, my gosh, what kind of mom says that? Well, a desperate mom. And she said, I don't want my child to end up with no legs and on kidney dialysis and his whole life being taken away from him, let alone being blind. How horrible with those complications. And what we knew were kids were getting sick quicker than adults do. And that became a driving factor. So she and I came up with an understanding that one sign of any type of reaction, she immediately had to come down. And I'm happy to say, eight weeks at camp, he lost 20% of his body weight, and he was taken off all medicine. We tracked him for five years. No signs of diabetes whatsoever. If he had gone back to the fast food way of life and the video games sitting constantly and not sleeping, all of those kinds of things all ended up to where he was. We can't let him go back to that. And so that was a win. So how do you, when I've spent all the 20 previous years teaching people, oh, here's how you're going to handle an amputee, um, now we don't have to do that? So it was addictive. And my husband and I, yep, we made all sorts of sacrifices to be able to continue with the mission. And all of those things, I really thought, I really thought people would be breaking down our doors trying to help. I was flabbergasted that that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Disappointed? You betcha. But you guys have made it. I mean, Living Well has been around now for over 20 years, right? That's the whole trajectory of the yeah. camp is right at 19 years. 19 years. Okay. So if I feel like I got so many more questions for you specifically <laughs> about kids. You know, you're kids so well and COVID in the last couple of years, but we're out of time. If, if anybody wants to contact you, whether they're a parent or whether they just want to donate to Living Well, where do they do that? Well, I would say definitely right now you're going to get a, on the answering machine. You've got 100 people ahead of you. So contact at campjumpstart.com is the best Email introduction that you can get, you usually will get a response within 24 hours, but there are no spots for summer. Um, The mobile web app, if you'd like that information, if you send that in the contact at Camp Jumpstart, we'll get back to you and tell you more about that. I think that's going to be the best hit for most people because it's the introduction to us. And it actually can be done for the whole family. Again, sneaky nurse, not just going to help the kid. But if you're a parent during COVID, most, I think it was, oh my gosh, a a Harris poll that came out in February of 2021 that said 42% of adults in the U.S. gained 29 pounds. Some of you gained more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this will help the whole family. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, I've actually lost weight in the last two years. So I don't know how I did that. I think I've just managed to not be out eating as much junk food as I was being in house more, something like that. I think your whole audience knows, Ryan, that you're just special. (laughs) And that's why you're different, and we appreciate you. And I'd like to just say thank you for hosting Trivia Night for us. You're an excellent MC, and we're very grateful. And thank you, and thanks for that that compliment, even if it was backhanded. I don't know. I'm not going to judge your (laughs) motives, but (laughs) appreciate you. Gene Helsing with Living Well Foundation. Appreciate your time this morning. And okay, so the full cast is in here. You guys, Trisha, Old Roy, hello, first of all. 
Hello. Good morning. Hello. Um, Good morning. So Jean Helsing was just in here, and we were talking a little bit about our organization. I had talked to her in the past a little bit about mask efficacy and some other stuff, and we didn't really even get to that. So the minute the mic goes off, she starts really talking about mask efficacy, and because she had been a nurse, so she had some really good insights about the fact that when surgeons use these surgical masks, they're basically just using these things as spit guards, and we use them for two years to stop coronavirus. And she's like, it doesn't work. Everybody in the medical community knows it doesn't work. It's just a spit guard. Now, she said the opposite. She goes, now, I'm not being political. I'm telling you the facts. I don't know where I fall on this because N95s really do work. They they actually stop viruses from getting to you. So she's like, I don't know where I fall on the spectrum here, but I'm just giving you the facts. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we should have talked about that. Then she starts talking about potassium iodide being this solution for nuclear fallout. And I'm like, where was this? We got, we should have talked about this stuff because of the world that we live in right now. And apparently, and I didn't know this, if you go right now, try to find potassium iodide, it's like a vitamin. And if you try to find it right now, sold out because everybody's afraid of nuclear war. Yikes. Yeah. That was a lot of information you just packed into like. I know. 45 seconds. Well, she did as she was leaving. I'm like, what? We gotta, <laughs> no, we got you guys coming in, so we can't do it. Uh, so that was kind of the... <laughs> I'm no, sorry. Ahead. I've got the full cast coming in. We can't do it. We can't. I'm going to do it real quick by I'm going to tell everybody I'm what you do just it said. Anyway. Gene, if you're in your car listening, where were you on this? Um so that was the big question I wanted to open with for you guys because we got a we got a bit coming up at the end of this that's really specifically for Old Roy, and I haven't warned him about it, so it's full live, full blind. Actually, it's both because he doesn't know what we're doing and we're doing it live. Exciting, um, but <laughs> you're enthusiastic. I know, Exciting. I know. That sounds great. <laughs> he, uh, <clears throat> the big question I had that I wanted to get to you guys was in the midst of all because normally we're talking about what's most important. Well. We're all thinking the same thing. It's either related to Ukraine, Russia, or it's related to gas prices, the economy. I mean, everything's intertwined right now. So the question I have for you, and I'll ask you first, Roy, what is the worst thing that we could do right now, whether that's as a country or the Biden administration? Because there's a whole lot of things that we could really deep dive on why things are the way they are. The fact is that they are the way they are. We're in the midst of this thing. Everybody's kind of feeling like we're in crisis mode. So what's the absolute worst thing that we could do at this point, in your opinion? Uh, the worst thing that we can do right now, in my opinion, is to accept that everything's terrible. You know, the tendency to, well, nothing's going to change anyway. We can't do anything about it. We might as well just live with it. I think there would be there's going to be a, a point at which people are burnt out on the pending World War Three, and I think that would be a mistake. I don't think it's weird because I don't think we should be overly uh, bought into the World War Three narrative, okay. but I, I also don't think we should give up because everything's so bleak. That's so, a deeply profound answer. Well, thank you. So. So the question is, what should we not do? And your answer is, well, let's just stay positive. <laughs> that is so unlike you that it shocks me. But that's basically what you're saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying basically don't, don't just accept the doom and gloom 
and then be depressed. Okay. I mean, very, very broad. I'll give you that. But not a bad answer. Trisha, you want to go? I don't know if I want to go because I don't know that I have enough. I don't feel qualified to answer it as far as a policy standpoint goes. Uh, You asked this earlier off air, and I mentioned what I don't think I need to hear from my president is let's buy electric vehicles while the economy is uh, going in the tank. So, like, don't tell me how to fix my problem with a a problem that's not a solution. So I don't know. I guess I'm with Roy. Remaining positive is really important right now because it is tough. It is tough out there. It is expensive. And I don't know. Do you guys think there's an an end in sight? Do you think Putin's going to just roll over? I don't know. I, I don't see how this thing ends. I don't either. Other than Putin taking over Ukraine... I don't think they're going to have some sort of peace talks that's going to produce anything. So that means that we're talking about long, long, forever sanctions and pushing Russia into a completely different economy. Because right now, Russia is, I mean, technically still part of Europe and part of the West in a way. They're, they're always this like rogue state. But we're what we're doing right now, I talked about this a little bit in the first segment, is pushing them away so far that they're going to be like a new North Korea and China. We're creating a new axis of evil. And I don't know that that's, I don't know that that's the way to go, but I don't know what is the way to go, which is why I'm asking you guys, what's the worst thing that we could do? Because I don't know what the solution to these problems is without talking about where we've been for the last, you could say 10 years, but certainly through Trump. And then this first year of the Biden administration, There's a lot of things along the way that you can say, here's what was done wrong. Here's the way that we should have done this. Hindsight's always 20-20. But in this case, hindsight is the absolute most important thing because we wouldn't be in this situation if a lot of things hadn't been done, especially within this last year by Biden. But we are here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I I just don't know that anybody... I think this is one of the reasons that people are actually tuning into the news a lot right now and tuning into talk radio and tuning into TV is because normally on most issues, you're going to tune into CNN. They'll be saying one thing. You tune into Fox. They're saying the opposite thing or a different thing. And everybody kind of falls into line with the sides. This one, there doesn't appear to be clear sides there. There's a lot of nuance, even within this room, you know, Roy really has hard opinions on, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but non-interventionalism and go ahead. I mean, you can explain it better. Than yeah, me. I, I, I don't trust anybody or anything. Yeah, right. So it, it, I, I think we're we're stepping in beyond what we should because we're we're buying into as a as a country we're buying into this oversimplistic. Putin is evil, so mm-hmm. everything else is good. Um, so I the the solution to ease your mind, Tricia, I think is pretty simple. Just hang on and stay positive to twenty twenty four. If if Trump or a DeSantis doesn't win, then give up. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. well, I got two years. I yeah. got two years out of this conversation. So, so. Make the most of it. Thank you, Roy. 
That's such a weird, <laughs> positive approach because it's not that positive. <laughs> it's it's ultimately fatalistic, and it's saying we got three more years of slogging through dog crap. Yeah. <laughs> so stay positive. Like, you're you, welcome. You know I what you do. I feel better. I feel better. What's happening right now? Yeah, we got a, a few more years of that. All right. That's <laughs> not that positive. But I, if I had to answer my own question about what we absolutely should not do right now, because I think I am a little bit more. It's odd because for the most part, I am a non-interventionist too, except that there are things I think we should be doing to discourage a nation from invading a nation mm -hmm. um, that some of them we are. But again, without the context of we shouldn't even be in this place in the first place, some of these things are dumb to talk about, but we are in this place. So I'll just say this. <clears throat> I really think that the worst thing we could do right now in light of, I mean, this week, this week alone, people are now talking about World War III and nuclear fallout. We haven't had this discussion since, well, pretty much in my lifetime, maybe some Cold War 80s discussion about yeah. it, but not, it never really, and maybe it's because I was a kid, it never really felt that realistic like, we're talking about maybe Cuba missile crisis. The last time we were really talking about the possibility of a nuclear no, it war. Was, we, we did it in the early 80s. Well, I must have been 70s, too young. Then. We were, you know, we were still doing drills. Okay. Okay. But that to me is the one thing that we absolutely should, the worst thing we could do, the worst decision we could make would be to actually start fighting a war war. Like, to put our troops in there and. Even I would draw the line at giving our jets and our stuff to Ukraine. I that's crossing a line to me that they if we if they had bought it beforehand, that's one thing. But smuggling sort of those into Ukraine now, while I am rooting for Ukraine, I don't know anybody that's not. Roy just raised his hand, which is, I don't even know where to go with that. I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, you're right about the whole, the whole. it's not just good guys, bad guys. Yeah. But in this situation, you have a spectrum, and Russia's more bad guy than Ukraine is bad guy here, right? I, I don't know that I agree with Man, that. Man, you're amazing. You're amazing. So I do agree with that, Ryan, I, and I do stand with the people of Ukraine, and I do, I am with Ukraine but I also think that it's not necessarily our fight to be part of and the American people are now suffering because of the sanctions we're putting on Russia. Mm -hmm. And so there does have to be a where do we draw the line kind of thing, which yeah. I think is what you're going with, with sending military aid and like equipment. Yeah. There's got to there should there does there have to seems be a like line. that should probably be where the line's at. And it's a blurry line mm -hmm. because we have sold th we sold things to everybody. And we have for a long time. But now that it's an actual physical war, I just that's kind of the point of this discussion is to to figure out where where the line should be drawn. And I, I think that's a good spot to say, let's let's stop there, because I think at the end of the day, we all could agree in this room and even people listening. Things have not I don't trust the decisions that are being made by the people at the top right now. I don't. Yeah. I don't think you guys do either. Nope. And so if we can just avoid getting into actual World War III, that almost is a win right there. And I, I, I'm still not confident that we're going to avoid that, but I, I hope that we are based on things that I've heard the State Department say, saying this week and so forth. Um, okay, so here's the thing. We're going to take a 60-second break here, reset like we do, 
And this whole bit that we're about to do, bear with me, is going to be on Roy's shoulders just because he claims that he knows every single thing in the entire world about 80s music. Uh-oh. You were going to put that to the test. Okay. In a bit, I guess you could call it a bit. It's not typical. Stick around. That's well, next week in America. The- Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Death and destruction. Come back with Roy doing an 80s quiz. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, here we go. Roy, uh, the point of this is that we're going to start a song. And as you probably guessed, <laughs> because I barely played one note, and you're that good, you knew from one note, boom, that's safety dance. Yeah. <clears throat> so it is safety dance. But here is the bit. We're going to play just the karaoke version of the song. Okay. You have to say or sing all the lines that don't include the word dance. Oh, boy. Ready, set, go. And go. We can leave your friends behind. Well, there are no friends of mine. You got it? We go where we want to. A place they will never find. We can act like we come from out of this world. Leave the real one far behind. You got it. Everything's out of control. Yes, man. They're doing it from pole to pole. (laughs) Everybody look at your hands. Everybody's taking the chance. You nailed it. I can't believe it. Because every line now is all just safety dance. Yep. Safety dance. I safety didn't, dance. I didn't even need the sheet. I, I, well yeah. done, sir. Wow. Well done. Okay. Bravo. Bravo, old Roy. Don't don't question my uh, my music career from win. the 80s. You absolutely won this week. American Media Export. Wiggins America. Stick around. More Wiggins America right after the top of the hour. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 